Hey, this is Nia Strauss, and you are watching CMS TV. presents and I of course am Chris Aiken and I, I don't even know that I need to introduce this guest she is everywhere these days whether it's with Alice Cooper with her own band with Demi Lovato she is everywhere that plays music it seems she has a brand new release getting ready to come out on July 7th called The Call of the Void it is killer you absolutely need to check it out and here to tell us all about it is the guitarist herself Miss Nita Strauss Nita how are you I'm so good, Chris. Thanks a lot for having me back on. Oh, glad to, glad to have you back. And you make it really easy when you make good records, because then I don't have to ask you questions that are fake. You know, I could just say, the record <laughs> kills and I like it. <laughs> yes, that's what I like to hear. Thank you. Well, uh, I want to start, before we get into the record real quick, I, I just have to ask you, I, I, I follow you on, what is it, Instagram, I guess, and I saw the day that you posted the video. It's like a two minute video at most, but it was the day you were signing things. And I watched, and you just kind of walked around the room and like, well, I got to sign these 500 and these 500 and these cases. And I was like, how does she even play guitar after doing that? That had to take a whole day. It did. And actually, I just got another thousand out here <laughs> that I signed uh, over the course of three days, you know, between, uh, you know, we've got press in the mornings like this, and then I have sound check, and then I have VIP, and then I have a show, you know, we do six shows a week. So I'm just like, you know, 30 here, 50 there, a couple hundred an hour while the bus is moving, you know, we're, we're just doing what we can. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Well, it's, it's fun to see it. And probably the best part about it, about it to me is, you're selling product, which, you know, in today's world where everybody, well, here's an album. I streamed it once. It's gone. I forgot it already. It's great that, that people are actually out there and purchasing product from you. Yeah. You know, I think that physical media having this big comeback the way it is, is so cool. You know, mm -hmm. there's, uh, you know, I'm sort of in the millennial generation, like with our Spotify's and our streaming services and whatnot. And there's just something way cooler about having something tangible in your hands you can go to a show and have it signed you know and and uh have you know look inside and see the liner notes and the musicians that played on it and the graphics and everything it's just it's not the same as looking at it on your phone right exactly you know as an old guy i can tell you back in the 80s when i was buying records and actual albums it was 
you know, you bought it and you studied it. You read everything that was in it. You read all the liner notes. Who's this producer? You know, oh, he also worked with Scorpions or whatever. You know, you 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 connected to it. And it's great to see that maybe finally this generation is going to start to get some of that again. Totally. Um, I did a Kickstarter for my first record, uh, Controlled Chaos. Right. And when we hit the goal, I was able to add more perks. And I asked people, what do you want? what do you want as a perk across the board it was vinyl i was like really you guys want vinyl huh and everybody wanted vinyl we made 500 copies of the pre of the kickstarter vinyl sold out of them like that you know 500 more copies for pre-order outside of the kickstarter sold out of them like that you know like you saw the amount that we that yeah. we were selling you know at the the sumerian office when i was signing everything so it's uh it's really first of all it's really gratifying that that you guys like it <laughs> like they like me <laughs> you're like you like what i'm doing um and it's it's cool you know we put a lot of time in the artwork and you know the, the graphics and visuals for this album so it's exciting that we'll get to send it out there in a physical form absolutely well it's one thing to have a great physical product that looks cool it's another thing to have a physical product that is cool you know and this thing is definitely cool <laughs> uh, you know i i I'll, I'll tell you what I like best about it. You can tell me I'm crazy or whatever. But what I like most about this, two things. One, it's not just a straight-up noodle fest, which a lot of guitarist solo records become. I, I love the fact that you wrote to singers, and I love, the, I love even more the fact that you didn't necessarily write to the strengths of the singers you chose. You know, when you listen to, like, the uh the motionless and white guy song or the lizzie hale song or you know the various songs really other than the david draymond dead inside song which i know you done you did a while ago everything kind of doesn't necessarily fit what the rest of their catalog does which i think makes it a special record not only for your fans but for fans of all those bands that are going to hear this and hear something a little different from those artists is is that kind of where you were going with this Yes, very conscious decision there. Um, you know, we got the chance to work with some incredibly talented musicians on this record. And since I was stepping out of my comfort zone, I wanted to push everybody that I worked with a little bit too, you know, and not, we didn't write a hailstorm song. We didn't write a motionless and white song. You know, we kind of like pushed everybody into a bit of a different atmosphere. And I will say that every vocalist, every musician that I worked with on this absolutely like laid down the gauntlet you know they gave me their best of their best and uh, i am so grateful for it right on now this is this is probably a dumb question but i'll ask it when did you have time to write this because you've been busy i mean you obviously you were with alice and then you were with demi for a bit then you went back to alice and in the middle there somewhere the record was was created when did you have time to put this all together so I actually did the majority of the recording during the pandemic. Okay. Um, the the guitars were the guitars were all finished uh, in by the end of twenty twenty one. I think actually I was done playing guitar on it, and from there it was just all the sort of uh, politics might not be the right word, but the the process of getting the different guest vocalists, getting everybody aligned, making sure it works with everybody's timeline, paperwork all you know i's dotted t's crossed and mm -hmm. all that good stuff so that was a, a very lengthy process uh and sort of the main reason why it didn't come out sooner okay now how how did you get these these guests that you have on the record because there's a lot of them you know do, were they all friends or or were some of them just you were a fan so you reached out to 
a person or a manager or something and they connected the dots? I mean, how, how do you make these make this all connect? The majority were friends. Uh, I will say I was very lucky to, you know, have friendships with, uh, I think everybody actually except Anders Frieden of In Flames, who I've said many times, In Flames is my favorite band, you know, big, big, huge, gigantic fan. Um, And I was able to reach out to him and, you know, he he was on the song The Golden Trail. Uh, And also the great Marty Friedman, who we had met in passing a few times and, uh, didn't necessarily like have his phone number to text him like I did with somebody like Lizzie or Dorothy, but uh, I was able to reach out and, uh, you know, through social media and connect with him and make it happen. So it was a very, very simple process for the most part. Sure. Now, now were the songs, I, I'm assuming since you said the guitars were all done in the pandemic, that it was, there was never a really a get in a studio type of a, of a phase with, with most of these people. Is that correct? Uh, I was there for two of the the guest recordings. Okay. Uh, I was there for the David Draymond recording, and I was also there when Lilith Tsar recorded her parts for a song called Monster, which came out so good. Sure. Um, and I, I would have really loved to be there, but unfortunately, you know, it's kind of the way of the world these days, doing things with file sharing. You know, Anders lives in Sweden. Alice lives in Phoenix. You know, uh, Lizzie lives in Nashville. Dorothy actually lives in California, where I'm from. But I was on the road when she recorded her parts. So, you know, it didn't work out as well as I would have liked it to be there for everybody's recording. Certainly. Now, you mentioned um, David and the song Dead Inside. Significant billboard success for you, which is great. You know, I mean, it was... It, and at the time, it was kind of a just like a one-off single that became something on the record. But, you know, it, it came out a while ago. It had success. Um, how much of that success um, would you say has powered the interest in the album now? Because people were, you know, aware that you were doing it, you know, what, five, six months ago. Yeah, um, actually, you know, it never was meant to be a standalone single. It was always part of the album. Okay. Um, the album just took longer, longer to complete than we thought. But uh, it was it was pretty widely known that I was working on a record. I was posting on social media and everything. So yeah, it was that was always the plan to release it as part of the record. Okay, excellent. And, and do, do you think that the success of it is is a big part of why people are are more interested now? Then maybe they would have been if it hadn't been so, you know, so all over serious and radio, et cetera. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, having having a song go number one on rock radio is massive, you know, for, for any artist at any level, you know, and uh, especially for a newer artist like myself, you know, my first song to ever go to radio to hit number one for three weeks in a row was uh, a massive boost for us and definitely showed showed the rock world that we didn't come to play, you know, that we are here, we're, we're serious about it, you know, and, uh, this, you know, the next record is already, you know, the next radio single is already in the top 30. Victorious is, uh, number 20, 29 or 28, I think now. So very excited to see another one climbing up. Absolutely. And, and it, I, I'll tell you what's exciting about that is that, I mean, you're obviously an established artist now, but Dorothy is still kind of coming up. I mean, she's certainly making a lot of lot of waves, but she's still I, I would still yeah. call her a new artist that ninety percent of the people still haven't discovered yet. And yet you're having success with her. Um when you see that, and, and I don't want to only focus on her, but do you see kind of a changing of the guard, so to speak, where 
where rock music is becoming cool again after it kind of dipped for the last decade or so? You know, um, I, I'd like to say that's happening. I, I didn't personally really experience that dip. You know, I've, okay. I've been touring very consistently over the last decade, you know, playing with Alice Cooper, you know, playing with my band, you know, we playing with Alice, especially we do sold out arena shows all over the world, you know, for the last nine years. So I don't know. Rock's not dead where I've been going. Right. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't agree that it's dead. I agree that the commercial people aren't, t- aren't giving it the love that they used to, you know, but, yeah. but, but certainly it's, if you look for it, you can find a million great bands that are out there today doing it. The, the thought that sure. I have though right now is that, you know, even with doing it with Alice, you know, the Alice Cooper crowd is my age primarily, you know, it's not 22 year olds as much. And, and that's what I mean is that I don't know that the, the younger generation for the last little while hasn't produced anybody other than really Lizzie Hale that, that has become a household name. Yeah, it's it's so hard to quantify. You know, there's so many different genres and everything going on. You know, um, I know that you know bands bands like Disturbed and you know mm-hmm. and Motionless and you know uh, Falling in Reverse. I mean, there are there are bands going on big arena tours now, younger, newer bands. So it's a definitely an exciting time to be in the rock world for sure. And it's, I think having someone like Demi with the massive platform that she has, taking her step into the rock world has definitely helped that as well certainly has and we will talk about her in a minute but let's let's do this let's take a little break let's let's give people a taste of um one of the songs that you have on the new record the call of the void uh we're gonna go with uh, the wolf you bleed which features probably my favorite singer in the in the extreme world today with um Alyssa white glues i she's amazing your playing's amazing and it looked like more than anything you guys were having a ton of fun making this this very wild video. So talk a little bit about this song and specifically about the video. Yeah. Uh, Alisa is one of my all time favorite vocalists and performers and people and friends. Like she's just an absolute powerhouse. Uh, Wolfie feed is definitely a song that was very important to both of us. You know, great message, important message. She did some writing on the lyrics as well. Uh, so it was great to have her input and her influence. And uh, the video was a ton of fun to make. Alisa is the only person I know with a schedule as busy as mine. Um, and she found time in her schedule. I was in Demi rehearsals. She was home for a few days. So she flew from Montreal to L.A. for one day. Uh, we shot this music video. We you know, tried on the outfits and everything for the first time that morning. So like, if those white wedding dresses didn't fit, we would have been out <laughs> of luck. Um, but, uh, you know, we made it work. We threw it together. And the next morning, she flew back out at 5 a.m. I went back into Demi rehearsals, and uh, it all worked out really beautifully. Excellent. Well, let's show the people it right now. This is Nita Strauss with uh, Elisa White Glues. And it is a brand-new track from The Call of the Wild. It is the Wolfie Feed right here on Chris Aiken Presents.
Right back here on Chris Aiken Presents, that of course was Nita Strauss from The Call of the Void, because I'm a moron and called it The Call of the Wild. It is The Call of the Void from the wild one herself, Miss Nita Strauss. How's that? <laughs> uh, very good. It is a good book, The Call of the Wild. Yes. Yes, but it's not this album. It is The Call of the Void. And if I've said it multiple times, it's because I'm stupid and I get it. But No, I, it, no, no, no. It is the call of the void. It is a killer record, and uh, Nita, let's let's dig into um, some of the songs on the record. And I, I already mentioned them once, but my two favorite tunes are uh, the one with Chris Motionless and the one with Lizzie Through the Noise. Um, and I already told you why too, because they don't sound like what you expect from them. When when you st- when you had those songs together, I'm sure you had ideas. You know, you had an idea of what you wanted. How do you approach, like, Lizzie Hale as an example and say, this is what I want to do. I know it's not completely in your normal wheelhouse. How do you convince her to do it? Or is it as simple as, hey, won't this be fun? It was It was much more of that. Um, I texted Lizzie and said, hey, I have this song. You know, I'm shooting my shot here. You know, I have this song for the record the last song you know left that i need a vocalist for i think that you would be perfect for it can i please send it over and she texted me back you know within 30 seconds it was like yes please send it over you know we, we've been wanting to work together on something for a long time uh sent it over she loved it you know there was i didn't really feel that need to to you know give it the disclaimer of like i know that it's not necessarily your style because lizzie is a generational talent she can sing anything lizzie could sing the phone book and it would you know it would be right. a hit so um she you know she listened to it she loved it she went into a studio in nashville where she lives and tracked it right away and um she just did some incredible ad libs and you know additions to my basic demo that only she could do she made the song a uniquely lizzie hale song in a way that no one else ever could have and uh, i'm just so excited for the world to hear it right on were were there any songs on the record that that were a bit of a struggle just whether it was communicating your ideas to their ideas or what they gave you back just didn't seem like what you had envisioned it to be or or did it all just come together honestly no it came together like a dream it really did it was almost too easy you know which <laughs> then later on once we, once we got to the business side of things with the labels and managements and stuff then it you know then then the dream we all woke up from the dream and it you know it, it became more complicated but in terms of just the actual working with the feature artist, um, 10 out of 10, incredible experience. Everybody gave me the best that they had, and uh, I'm incredibly grateful. Excellent. Well, well, Nita, let, let's let's look about oh, last summer-ish, I guess, when the whole when um, when you left Alice Cooper for a while. Uh, obviously, I'm I know you're aware the metal community hated that. <laughs> you know, there there's no doubt there really? was really. Oh yeah, I'm sure you heard. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Well, looking back, and I don't want to turn this into that whole thing. Other than I'm just curious, do you wish it would have been handled differently, either on your end or maybe before the tour, it would have been announced that you would be taking a break in the middle to go with Demi, or or is it just it was the way it was? Um, to be honest with you, I'm not sure what I could have done any differently to make the reaction any different. Um, I think that we were pretty straightforward and honest about what was happening from the beginning. I, you know, when I put it out there, I said, I'm, I'm not going to be on this upcoming fall tour. 
Um, and that was all I said. I, I didn't say like, peace out. I'm leaving Alice Cooper forever. I just said, Hey guys, I want to let you know, I'm not going to be on the fall tour. Um, you know, thank you to Alice and the band and look, you know, looking forward to the future. And I think the internet did its thing and turned that into a whole lot more than what I actually said. Um, you know, a lot of speculation about, you know, what actually happened that was very inaccurate. Right. And uh, I just, I'm not the type, I'm not the type of person to put every detail of everything I think and do out there, you know, um, I think it's important to just be a professional in your, your industry and treat the people you work with well and, and with a lot of respect, which is how I handled things and why I'm on such good terms with the Alice Camp and the Demi Camp and I'm still able to do both now. Sure. Do you think it's time for the gatekeepers to stop gatekeeping? Because let's face it, it's not, it's not the old days. And this is the part I think that internet people miss. And, and I'll be honest, I'm, I'm one of them sometimes too. So I'm not going to try and say, well, it's everybody else, not me. But I think everybody misses the fact that it's 2023, not 1993, when there's multi-zillion dollar contracts. You know, I mean, if in 1993, you'd probably be getting, what, X amount of millions of dollars to be the featured part of Alice Cooper's band. And to be that, okay, maybe you don't need to go do some months, you know, with another project. And, but that day is done. Now, now you have to be, as a, as a working musician, you have to work and you have to do what's best for your career. You know, whether that's more money, more eyes, more, more fans in, in a wider spectrum. And I think people miss that. Is that, do you see it sort of that way or not at all? Um, no, you're not wrong. Um, but I think the the main thing for me was it looked like fun. You know, okay. like uh, I loved the, the challenge and the opportunity, you know, um, money and, and everything else, you know, different fan base and all that aside. Uh, it seemed like a fun gig. You know, I loved the opportunity to bring what we do playing, you know, playing shredding guitar solos to a brand new audience, you know, working with an all female band was a, a great time. It's always been something that I enjoy uh, working in a camp that was very recovery focused was very, very healthy for me. You know, I'm, I've been in recovery almost eight years and, you know, I'm around alcohol on tour all the time, you know, right. 11 months out of my year, I'm around people that are, that are drinking around me, which is fine. But being in a place where it was more focused on sobriety and recovery was a very, very healthy place for me to be in. Um, Demi's a sweetheart. I had a wonderful time on the tour. And uh, that, for me, was the most important thing. I'm, I'm at a very luxurious position in my career now where I don't do things I don't like to do. Right. And uh, I had a great time. I, I love working with Dee, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. So are you in limbo with her or waiting for a call or you're a part of the band, but there's nothing going on. I mean, what is your status with Demi right now? She's writing and recording music. She has a couple one-offs this year, which conflict with some Alice dates. So I'm not going to be doing those, but whenever she has a longer tour, she knows she can always call me. Okay. Fair enough. Excellent. Well, speaking of Alice, you, um, as if you're not busy enough, you also popped up on the first single from uh, his new release, uh, Road, with the song I'm Alice. I is that a shift for you to be recording with him now? I know you have here and there in the past, but are you now full-time recording with Alice, or was that just for this song or this record, or what is that status? So the Road Record is actually the first album that we, as Alice's band, myself, Ryan, Tommy, and Chuck, and Glenn, wrote and recorded with Alice. Um, so 
huge honor to contribute, you know, not just guitar playing, but songwriting and riffs and ideas to this process. Uh, the whole band appears on the whole record, uh, and it was an absolute honor and a privilege to do it. Is there pressure because of the, you know, the stigma of the the original Alice Band? You know, you know the 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 way the fans, especially us old heads, look at Alice's or the original Alice Cooper band. You know, is there a, is there pressure for you guys to live up to that, or do you, do you not worry about that? Um, I wouldn't say that we don't worry about it, but, you know, look, we're never going to be the original band, you know, like there's no one ever will be. And, uh, you know, we're, we're pals with, you know, we call them the OGs. Right. We've done tours together. You know, Dennis was there in Nashville when, you know, we were recording, rehearsing the last time. Um, so with all incredible respect to the original band who are the innovators and, you know, the, the people that developed the sound that the fans are there to see and love, you know, we're just there to continue on their legacy and continue on the Alice Cooper legacy. And we have a unique perspective on what Alice Cooper fans react to and like what you guys like to hear live. And uh, we also have the unique perspective of what Alice likes, the stuff that he has fun performing on stage and what he likes. So um, we created an album that we're very, very proud of that I think Alice fans will love because we made it with great reverence to the Alice Cooper legacy. Awesome. Can't wait to hear that one. That's for sure. It's a good and one. and um, you know people should don't have to wait too much longer to hear your new release, "The Call of the Void." Make sure I get it right. Um, the um, you got you're obviously out on tour right now promoting that, and you're out playing gigs. Seems like every single night you're out playing. How's the tour been going? And um, how how much longer? Or I guess what what does the rest of the year have for you touring wise? Yeah, it's been great. Uh, my solo band hasn't toured in almost a year, so it's uh, been incredible being out here with my my guys and girls, my team. Um, the fan reaction has been amazing. We love playing these new songs out on the road. Uh, after this, I will, you know, the album drops in about a week. We'll finish out this tour. We will do um, Alice Cooper, Motley Crue, Def Leppard to kick off the fall. Then we'll do the Alice Cooper, Rob Zombie run. Um, and then I just confirmed another tour for my band towards the end of the year. So, uh, wow. and then of course the Rams games as well. So <laughs> my books are closed. I have no more space. Uh, see you guys in 2024. <laughs> no doubt. Speaking of the Rams, what do you think? Did, any chance this year or is it, is it a rebuild year? It's looking a little rebuildy to me. There's always a chance. There's always <laughs> a chance. Never give up. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Well, well, Nita, what, You've you've pretty much done everything that most musicians want to do. What major accomplishment is left for you that you actually want to do and also feel could happen? Because I don't want you to say, "Yeah, I want to be as big as the Rolling Stones," or you know, because that's obviously hey, probably that could happen. Well, I could, but <laughs> I mean, but I'm I'm just talking more. What what do you look at and say? This is within reach right now. I just have to do X, Y, and Z to get there. Uh, I definitely want to keep growing this solo project bigger and bigger. You know, uh, I want to, I think we're creating songs that will have a lot of impact in the world. And I, I'd like to continue to nurture that and develop that. You know, my solo band has never been overseas. So we would love to, you know, go to Europe, go to South America and Australia, you know, different places in the world. And then uh, on a personal achievement level, 
I have played on every continent except Antarctica, so I okay. think I need to book a gig in Antarctica, and then I can check all seven off the bucket list. <laughs> check in with your boys in Metallica. Maybe they can help you out there. <laughs> exactly. Go down and play at a research station or something for some That's penguins. <laughs> Very nice. Well, Nita, obviously, a lot going on with you right now, including the new release, The Call of the Void. It is out on July the 7th, and I figured we would wrap up with the current single that's out there on radio. We talked about it earlier, the song Victorious with Dorothy. Um, so to wrap it up, why don't you tell us a little bit about this video shoot, and uh, we'll, we'll give the people a taste. Yeah, Victorious, um, one of my favorite songs on the record. We are doing this one live, and it's it's so fun to see the fan reaction to it. Have them, you know, calling response and Victorious back to us is so, so cool. Dorothy, of course, such a powerhouse vocalist and a, even more powerhouse of a human being. Uh, she's a joy to have around on the music video set. And um, especially creating the narrative of this video was really special for us because we wanted to really tell the story of different people from different walks of life overcoming their obstacles and becoming victorious and uh, spread that message that everybody struggles with self-doubt. Everybody has someone in their life that tells them that they can't or they won't succeed. And, you know, we are all living proof that you can overcome these things and become victorious. Absolutely. Well, let's check it out right now. One more time. Nita Strauss, The Call of the Void, July the 7th. And this is Victorious right here on Chris Aiken Presents. What's going on, everybody? It is Chris Aiken from Chris Aiken Presents and the Seth Williams Show, and of course, the Classic Metal Show. And I know you need someone to be told something, right? Whether it's something nice, something not so nice. Maybe you need somebody fired and you just don't have the guts to do it. Maybe you need to tell your girlfriend to hit the pavement. Maybe you need to tell the boyfriend to hit the streets. Whatever it is, I got you covered. Right here with my cameo, cameo.com slash Chris Aiken. I will tell them, and I won't be nice, unless you want me to be. If you want me to be nice about it, I will certainly give the sweetest message possible. But if you need evil with a lot of F-bombs and a lot of words that I just can't even say on any sort of radio or TV program, I'll do that for you too. One more time, cameo.com slash Chris Aiken. Buy a cameo from me, and I will tell them like it is. 
the way you want them told. All right, see ya!